Thank you for listening to the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. We here at the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast are simply fans of hockey, the New Jersey Devils, and professional wrestling, and are not to be considered as insiders or news reporters. Please note that opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of its hosts and occasional guests. Listener discretion is advised. Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my God! You know what? You just made the list. Oh no. Oh, here we go. For other pop culture phenomenon. Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast. The first period starts right now. Welcome to episode 9, All In, Ice Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast, hsskpod.com. <sighs> it's hot as a mofo out there. Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a Val Venus video pop up on Facebook and I was like, <laughs> I remember that. That was a hell of a gimmick, wasn't it? Again, it's one of those gimmicks that are just so short-lived. You know, like, how far can you really go with it? Which is next week's teaser. Ooh! You like... Since Valvina's teaser? Wow, look at you being all in on this... Again, all in on a uh, on a good podcast here. How you been? Hot. Hot, humid, disgusting. That's... People ask how the weather is. I said, like, my ball's hot and sticky. (laughs) (laughs) Just disgusting. (laughs) Thank God we do a hockey and wrestling podcast. (laughs) Yeah, because if it was otherwise. If it was otherwise, I'd still be doing my other one. Anyway, episode nine, folks, all in. We have a lot of hockey talk. Eh, A decent amount of, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, wrestling wrestling talk and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we can uh, definitely get into it. A little uh, Cody Rhodes entrance. We can definitely talk about that in a little bit. So let's get into some hockey new—not a little, a lot of hockey NHL news and notes. Uh, I actually saw earlier this morning that it was posted as a source at the Canadian Tire Center that the Ottawa Senators have less than 4,000 full-season ticket packages sold for this season, according to the Athletics' Chris Stevenson. I'm jumping up and down as a Devil fan because people always used to be like, you can't even sell out your own building. This is Canada. This is the capital of Canada. And they can't even sell out their own building. 
So Again, now, so, as the world turns in Ottawa, the Ottawa <laughs> shit show continues. So I think now it's, well, it's going to be a race for who's worst. It's going to be Ottawa and Carolina, and then maybe the Devils are slipping into number three. We're moving up in the world. We're moving up. Woo! This is just going to, if if this source is true, per the athletic, um, they're just going to set up moving the team. This is going to be, let's move the team, move the team, move the team. You don't want to build us a new building in Ottawa. Let's move. Is that going to be their next go-to thing? Oh, oh well, we're, we want to leave because well, you're not building us a building. Well, no, there <laughs> now they're just going to move about 120 miles away. Take your pick to Quebec. No, they're going to move to Quebec. Quebec, All right. biggest slap in the face for Ottawa Senator fans. They have a building in Quebec. You wouldn't have to worry about changing divisions or conferences or balancing it all out you're more likely going to have more than four thousand full season ticket packages oh, sold and it's a it's a smaller building but it's like winnipeg it's a smaller building but you know that they're going to be happy just to have mm-hmm. all those people there not empty seats since you speak of winnipeg we can jump down a little bit to blake wheeler signing an extension the breakdown goes 10 six and a half 10 six and a half eight and a quarter signing bonus Four million dollars. Wow! And wasn't it recently that it came out that Batman and everybody in the NHL was telling was basically telling all the NHL teams, "Listen, when you sign contracts, enough with these signing bonuses and and you know everything else." But, and everybody's going, "Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh." Uh-huh. But it doesn't. It it it's not like it hurts the league because it still counts against their cap. It's uh, not like it's, salary cap. The uh, bonuses do the same thing. Yeah, because let's say your overall salary, like like prices, is, mm-hmm. right? Price signed on a ten year or eight year deal. His salary is really only like a million dollars a year, but he gets like a nine million dollar signing bonus every year of that contract. So the only reason why people get signing bonuses is the fact of the if, if the NHL stops because of a strike, you're still getting a signing bonus. You're from the still team, getting your, your money. money. But and I, I respect Blake Wheeler because I mean he could have he could have bent them over, could have. And he he really only took. I mean, again, we're saying this in professional sports terms. He really only took four million dollars as his signing bonus if there is a lockout. Um, but that he's the guy that needed to be signed by okay. Winnipeg. He's the guy behind the guy. Behind the guy. Behind the guy. You know that movie? No. Swingers. Okay. Yep. And right, and Blake Wheeler needed to sign with Winnipeg. If oh, the, he's their captain, he's going to be their captain. And if he hit the market, I'm ninety nine percent sure the Rangers would have thrown everything that they could at him. I'd say so. There's only a few handful of teams at this point that you can say can open up a wallet and go here. Yep, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils. Well, yes. On paper, yes. Um, yeah, who else? Carolina. Ottawa. Dallas. Seem, if Dallas loses Sagan, they'll have a bunch of money to throw. Rumors that Sagan, and side-noting the thing here, uh, side-stepping this, there's, Sagan has like a 10, 10.5 per on the table right now. And 
He's just sitting on it. Yeah, but it might it might it might be ten and a half a year, but he might be looking for lockout. Yeah, like everyone, like everyone else. Yeah. Oh, could be. Or it could just be one of those. I'm so pissed off because they they finally just tabled an offer to me, and it's been how many months? Right. <clears throat> I mean, you go out of sport. Look at what, um, like all, all these defensive players, Sam Darnold and in, 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 the at the Rams, right? Khalil Mack, formerly of the Raiders, holding out so they can best each other in. 20-plus mil a season contracts. But th- that's no different in any sport. Like, I'm sure that Taylor Hall is looking at what Sagan going to get because it's comparative, and I've got an MVP trophy next to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, that's, what they're, that's their agent's job to go, hey, look, John Tavares got X amount of money. He put up similar or less than stats than my client. And maybe that's another reason why Hall dumped uh, Bobby Orr and went with somebody else, just looking for that cash. Yeah. Uh, another extension sign: Flames re-sign Noah Hannafin to a uh, six-year, four, almost five a year. It, that's an excellent deal. I mean, think about it. That's five million for a top-two defenseman for six years. That's going to be one of those deals where you're going to look back and go, "Man, they fucking stole him." Uh-huh. Because he's he's a a young defenseman, he he hasn't really f- spread his wings yet. But by the time he spreads his wings in Calgary, but, he'll be their number one guy. Because Giordano is going to be older and only making five five. <laughs> and there's it's not broken down like oh you get a signing bonus like it's straight yeah. four point nine five. He, he's he's that guy that can that can. Best his five mil a year after one year, and should be paid with a hell of a lot more. Yeah, you don't see players holding out anymore. You know, like mm-hmm. you don't see it. Like I want more money, I'm holding out. Well, you have a contract. I think Claude Lemieux did that after '95. He held out on mm-hmm. Lou, and then Lou traded him to the Islanders, and then the Islanders traded him to Colorado. Yeah, I think hockey's that sport where you just can't. You can't do that. Like they, they look at you and go, "You like you you, get, you sign the contract, you play." Or yeah. well, like we talked about in previous podcasts, it's it's an it's an old boy club mm-hmm. where oh you're gonna do that to this GM? I'm not gonna offer you. It's gonna take somebody like Arizona, that John Checa guy, to to be the dick. And be like, I'll to, take you. To break that mold here. Yeah. Uh, we get news out of uh, Montreal that um, on one half, Max Pacioretty's agent called out the Canadians stating that it's basically their fault that um, that Patch didn't get traded to the Kings. So that finally came out as being truth because uh, of some kind of Sands um, extension signing or something like that. And then... More news saying that Pacioretty says as soon as the season starts, don't talk to me about any contract stuff. <laughs> they have to sign. They have to trade him. Trade him now. At, at this trade po- me right fucking now. At this point, if only we had a soundboard. <laughs> I mean, at this point, how could how could he even go and 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 get his testicles checked out? He shouldn't even be allowed in the building. It's really one of those. 
you put out a tweet on your Twitter account saying, hey, NHL teams, please call us. We have Max, Max Pacioretty for you. Yeah, I think when it comes into the locker room, though, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, all of those guys on that team, it, no, it's a business. Like, once you hit the NHL, it's a business. You know, it's not show friends, it's show business. And when it comes to money, you know, you got to look out for yourself. And if Pacioretty walks into that locker room, he's not going to be any different. He's not going to play any like, oh, man, I don't want to get hurt. This is my money year. He's probably going to play his balls off. He's going to have that. He's going to have that look on his face and he walks and he goes, what can I do? Or he's going to have that look like he's a serial killer. Like he's just going to like have that dead stare. Like I'm coming to work. I'm doing my job and I'm going to leave Montreal on the fastest flight possible. Do they still have the Concorde? Can we get it to Montreal so I can get out of here? But they have to trade him. It's going to be a distraction all year. The sooner you trade him, the better your team will be. And I'm not saying that they're going to get anything super duper. But your 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 Montreal is bad enough already. Yep. Now you throw this onto the fire where it's going to be like, hey, we just won nine to one. But hey, Max Petrietti, where do you want to play next season? Where yeah, do you want to play next month? It's it's going it. It's Montreal. Yeah, and it, that's why it's going to be such a distraction for that team. Same thing with Carlson. It's going to be such a distraction, not just for him, because every rink he walks into, the local press is going to be like, hey, you know, have you thought about being traded to so-and-so? Mm-hmm. It's going to be the Montreal press, which are piranhas. Mm-hmm. They're going to, like... God forbid he goes to a bar and has, like, you know, a beer the night before a game. They're going to be like, oh, he's not worth it. Let's trade him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think about the Duchesne situation last year in in Colorado. Like, Colorado was awful the year before. Right. The Nico year that we drafted Nico. Colorado was awful. And they had to go through the whole year that Duchesne doesn't want to be here, doesn't want to be here, doesn't want to be here. They started last season with Duchesne. And they were awful. They the, tr- the moment, the they, moment got rid- they got rid of him. And it's not like they got like a ton back. It's just that locker room the, it, it just, cancer yep. kind of thing that just eats I away. Don't, I don't think that people will think that Patch in the locker room will think that Patch Reddy is a cancer. But I just. It's I, just a describe. It's just there. Yeah. Right. Um, a reaction from Lars Eller, which is a, a friend of Max Pacioretty's. As a friend, I hope Max Pacioretty's situation is resolved soon. He's shouldered one of the toughest jobs in hockey, wearing the captain <clears throat> C on his uh, on his jersey, taking responsibility and blame for everything beyond his control. At the same time, being one of the top goal scorers in the game, uh, he's committed and cares as much as anyone I've ever played with. Any team would be lucky to have him. Send him east. I'll take him. <laughs> he's a, he. He's a Ranger fan. He grew up a Ranger fan in Connecticut. Everybody is. Yeah, but he's a Connecticut guy. <laughs> I I could see him. I could see him going to like a team like Nashville, and you're gonna go, how the hell can they afford and, and that stuff? I think Nashville is, no pun intended, all in. Mm-hmm. And they they'll go to Pacioretty and be like, look, we want you to win this cup with us. And after the season, we'll, we'll see talk. what can be done. And mm-hmm. if nothing can be done, well, thanks for your help. Here's your ring. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you brought up a good story um, from John Cooper, uh, head coach of the uh, Lightning, regarding uh, a, a recent statement about youth hockey. 
Yeah, the statement is essentially saying that the youth hockey leagues are creating like super teams or, or elite teams or triple A teams, and these teams go and play double A and regular A, and they just destroy them. And he's saying it doesn't help the the progression or development of kids. Now, as someone who's coached youth hockey th- up through college, um, every parent wants their kid to play AAA. Oh, he's got to try out for the AAA team. And when, when they don't make the AAA team, or even if they do make the AAA team and your team sucks and you get smoked every game, 7-1, 8-1, 9-1, whatever, and your kid comes home and is like, man, we suck, we lo- we're losing. It's not good for the development. What happens to some kids is some kids will get disheartened by it in the sense that it's like, this isn't fun, I'm not playing, and parents aren't going to pay the thousands of dollars if their kid doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So then the kid quits hockey, and that's the end of that. Um, on top of that, it's, it's harsh practices it's problems with, with these youth hockey teams where they're practicing two, three times. Maybe they're doing some off-ice stuff, and you're talking about 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds. Kids are still growing up. Yeah, and you're making it like a job for them. And again, it disheartens kids, and, and it's not fun, and then they quit. But on top of that, they're not having fun. And at this point in the game, if you're not having fun especially at that age. It's not going to come back to you. It's not, right. And even if your kid is super good, whether they play on the triple A elite team or they play on a single A team or they play in a house league team, if your kid is good, someone will find him. Okay? Um, Whether you're talking about high school or you're talking about juniors, that's when they really come looking for you. Um I think about high school, okay? Everyone thinks you have to go to a prep school, and especially if you live in, in this area in New Jersey, that, oh, you have to go to a prep school. You have to go to Del Barton or St. Peter's or this or that. If you're good, they'll find you. Mm-hmm. They'll find, like, colleges will find you. Um, I think about uh, Palmieri. I remember watching Palmieri play in high school. Where did he play? He played, he played for St. Peter's Prep. Up here, and yeah. they played out of the rink in my town. And he, as a freshman, you were like, this kid's good. Okay. Like, he's a freshman, a true freshman playing varsity in one of the best divisions in the state. He, the next year, still went to St. Peter's Prep and was playing juniors already as a sophomore. Oh, wow. Played juniors and then left and made the USA development team. So if you're good, they'll find you. It's just a matter of playing at the best that you can. Like you're going home after school and you're playing Fortnite or you're playing Call of Duty or you're sitting around watching TV. Well, guess what? You're lazy. No one's going to see you on your couch. That's you want to go to the mm-hmm. weight room, you want even if you just sit in your yard and shoot 50 pucks against you know, the garage or something, people will find you. Um, and it, when it comes to these AAA teams and shit, most of those teams are picked before the tryout started. They know who they're getting. They've already gone to their 
players that they want and said, hey, look, just come to tryouts. We're going to pick you. I mean, I remember, I, I don't know if New Jersey does it anymore. When I was in high school, they had the Garden State games. Okay. And the Garden State games was all of the best hockey players in New Jersey tried out and they made like four or five teams and they played a tournament and that was it. And, you know, hey, congratulations, you won the tournament. Um, there was at least four or five kids on each team that never went to tryouts, but they were there. They made the team because their coaches knew. And on top of that, there was a New Jersey select team. There's a tournament in Chicago every year at the Chicago Showcase. They do a tryout all over New Jersey, all over New Jersey. And every time when I was there, every time you went to a tryout, it was like 130 bucks. I was told that they had the team picked before the tryouts even started, that the 130 bucks that they collected was to pay for the players that already had made the team so that they didn't have to pay anything when they went to Chicago. Wow. So, I mean, it's... it's it, you, it, unless it's something that having to, to find that diamond in the rough or that one or two players that go, oh, maybe. You know what I mean? But I, I'm assuming that the majority of it has to no, has it, to do with just cherry picking your team. All all the coaches are are junior coaches, and they all all the junior coaches get together and go, "I want my this guy, this guy, and this guy from my team." Oh, I want this guy and this guy and this guy from your team, and they have their team picked. And I think I, I think as we've grown up, the it, that that trickle-down effect of my kid's a superstar hurts down in like the minor leagues it hurts in every sport your your, your kids on a on a, on a peewee football team you know missed a tackle the guy runs for a touchdown parents are screaming at their kids why'd you miss a tackle they're it's, in peewee you, you you hit little league and it's you're just supposed to be fun oh you're supposed to go to the the little league world series in pa what the hell's wrong with you it's little league it, it this part of hockey that you're not you know yeah. you, you're not doing a you're, you're not, not skating around your, the rink in like four seconds. What's wrong with you? You're like, not helping your kid by telling your kid he's the best or she's the best. Or on the opposite end, you suck. The, Why aren't you right, like it's, this person? Yeah. It's, it's as coaching high school, it has been infuriating. And I'm, I'm thinking of one particular player where the kid goes home and his dad told him, oh, you're the best. You're the greatest. You're, you're, you're so the kid was the hardest working kid on the team. Hands down, no doubt so about it. So great work, okay? work I think. Yeah. Zero skill, zero hockey sense. None, none. But because dad was telling him how great he was, he was upset that I wasn't putting him into positions where he thought he should be. Hmm. If parents are like that, if you'd like to coach, coach. If not, be a fan, promote your kid promote the team pump them up and and leave it at that if my daughter decided to play hockey i would have i would tell her like daddy's going to tell you things that you've done wrong and things that you did right daddy's not going to tell you that this kid on your team sucks or your coach is wrong or whatever (laughs) okay daddy's just going to tell you what you did wrong and here's how you could fix it i'm not going to scream and yell at you i'm not going to you know be that dad that's banging on the glass or, or whatever. I'm just going to watch the game. Now, if I'm coaching, 
I'm going to hold you to a higher standard than everybody else. Every coach that I've ever had whose dad was the coach held their kid to a higher standard. And those kids were better because of it. Because, like, they should know better. Right. You're not on this team just because you're my kid. You're on this team because you're a player. Right. Separate that family and yep. team thing. And that's, yeah. um, I, can so, go, I can go on about this all day. Uh, well, we, we can fast forward it to the whole uh, Babcock Matthews um, uh, <laughs> problems. <laughs> so it was, report, it was reported that during the playoffs that Matthews, and I'm using air quotes here, checked out that he couldn't handle Babcock over his shoulder constantly telling him to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Like, just let me play. And it got into the media, and it led to, after the season ended, Babcock going out to Arizona. To have a sit-down with him. To have a sit-down. But Babcock put it as, I was going out to Arizona anyway with my family. and It's almost like like that. I'm traveling for an exit interview just to say, you know, hey, how you feeling? How you doing? This is what we're looking for. You know, it's a dry heat out here. You know, like, he really just wanted to kind of iron everything out. And, of course, both of them are going to say, everything's great. Everything is wonderful. Sure. You know, it was great seeing him out here and meeting him with my family and friends and whatnot. Um, a good PR spin. And and this happens. Star players always will argue with their coach. Gretzky, I'm sure, had some fucking looks at Sather when they were in Edmonton. Um, Hall had his problems with uh, McC- uh, was it McClellan. McClellan. Okay. Any, or, or McClellan. Who else was out there in Ed Edmonton? Pretty much any yeah, any yeah. coach he had. Um, Patrick Waugh obviously had problems. There's always going to be issues that issues with it. Now, I, I listened to an interview today during the season. It was during the season, but I listened to it today about, with John Hines. And he said the biggest thing about coaching is knowing who you can push and who you can't. And knowing that you have to be open-minded enough as a coach to listen to suggestions from your players. It's true. It's, it's Especially a good... your star. And John Hines was talking about Hall, and he's like, Hall came to me at the end of last season and said, we should do this, this, and this as a suggestion. He goes, I listened to it. I agreed. He goes, and then I had to counterpoint and say, well, then I need you to, to do, do this, X, this, y, and this. Mm-hmm. Because we can't do what you want unless you do this. Which is fine. Right. And, you know, it argues all the time. As, as a, someone who's coached and someone who's been coached, I've argued with so many coaches in my career that they probably hate me. I know my college coach absolutely hated me. If my college friends are listening to this, they would say, if... Would they had if he had to sacrifice one player for a win? It'd be you. Oh, it would be me. I'd be crucified. Now, was that because of your passion and just seeing it from a different point of view, saying this would help if in this kind of situation, or was I, it simply because you were just simply a dick? <laughs> probably. If I had again, I'm going to be honest. If I had to to break it down percentage wise, it's probably seventy thirty seventy. Me coming from a team in high school that was so structured that I knew where everybody was on the ice that when I did something, 
I knew I didn't have to look that he that person was there. And then I go to college, and it's just like I ah, just go out there and play. Lucy, like, like, all loosey goosey, right? Like, I, but the other thirty percent is me being just a dick. Okay, that that's hey, you're honest. I don't know. Maybe I put thirty percent a little bit higher, but whatever. Personally, uh, <laughs> personally, I think it's a flip. <laughs> Matthews does not want to be in Toronto. I would agree with you on that. In the simple fact of Tavares just signed, and quickly after he signs, it's like, oh, well, I mean, there's a captain seed that. Yeah, but they came out recently and said that they're not going to start the season with a captain. Well, they have to. It's it, it's a little bit of that. It's you you think about him kind of he's slipping down the the not the depth chart but like the depth chart of like quote unquote his team it's not his team anymore you know it's no, not it's exactly. not it's it's Babcock and Tavares's team it's not Babcock and Matthews's team and what happens when those minutes decrease um, in big moments are not given to Matthews anymore and and isn't isn't he up for a, a, a renewal Next yeah, next and, year? And he said he's not going to talk about it during the season. Boy. So anybody anybody across the United States who or, or even in Europe too that listens to this podcast, just think about it. If your team has spots open, just 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 from a fantasy standpoint, you have the possibility of of Matthews. You have the possibility of Pacioretty. You have the possibility of of Carlson, it, it boggles my mind, and I think it goes back to one of the, our other podcasts that we did. Of how much control do players now have over teams and 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 GMs and everything to, to kind of sway what I do, how I play, where I play, how much I make, versus the other way around when it was like, hey, you know what, I'm giving you two million a year, and you either take it or leave it. I think the only GM that really does that is Lou. Lou, maybe. Maybe Shanahan or Dubis. Dubis is a guy that runs Toronto. You don't think anybody in Chicago was, was, would kind of put that hammer down a little no, bit? No, I think Chicago is pretty much up against the wall because you've given seven guys no trade clauses and you're paying them two guys $10.5 million and two defensemen somewhere in the six to seven million dollar range well so you handcuffed yourself you handcuffed mm. yourself detroit but i think detroit sucks so bad right now that they're not in you have to be a little bit more open to that loosey-goosey yeah. environment just to kind of bring people in to to try to get better and speaking of trying to get better which this story just made me laugh <laughs> laugh laugh and laugh tom wilson is trying to uh, learn for him to not be tom wilson uh, the Washington Capitals forward is working with the NHL de- the Department of Player Safety this summer so that he can be safer on the ice while still playing with an edge. He states, I don't want to be in the stands. My team doesn't want me in the stands. Fans don't want me in the stands. I've got to make sure that I'm on the ice, not in the box, playing as much as I can. <laughs> Tom Wilson doing not Tom Wilson things. But my mind PR. blew up. <laughs> it's all PR. <laughs> he thinks he's got a bad rep. So he's using he does. this. He does. Well, he does. <laughs> but he's trying to make it seem like he's actively trying to improve. But he, some players need to play with that edge. If he doesn't play with that edge, he's not that good. Like, yeah, he's big. He's fast. But that's it. Like, he's not a sniper. 
He's not a passer. He's a third line guy. But because he plays with that edge, he's today's goon. Today, today's goon. It's it's that he's in there to be that enforcer kind of thing. He's not up there on the second line to score thirty goals a year. He's today's grinder. Okay, which is fine. The guy that'll go to the net. The guy that'll go to the corners and dig the puck out. But we talked about it in the past. He's not worth the contract he signed. But still, the type of player he is. I, okay, look. Anybody wants to do better. Anybody knows they have to do better, so they're going to try. I just don't see Tom Wilson not doing Tom Wilson things. Right, and it, you're talking about, like, is he going to go for a loose puck where he can murder P.K. Subban? Of course. Is he going to think for that half second, like, oh, man, I went to player safety. I should totally <laughs> just pull up. I'll wait for him to turn, and we'll go shoulder. No, now because have- that half second is the difference between winning that battle and losing that battle. And if he chooses the latter, P.K. Subban will turn around and go, Dude, who the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you used to be Tom Wilson? Now you're like what? Brian Wilson. <clears throat> it, I, when I just saw that story pop up, I'm like, are you kidding? Because I just flashed back to, to the to the to the elbow he gave uh, John Moore, knocked yeah. him out for a while, the concussion. Marsha so and, uh, in, the, in the finals. Yeah, he's. I'm not saying I wouldn't want him on the the Devils, but. Players like him, Avery, Clarkson, mm-hmm. they need to play that way. And if they don't, they're ineffective. Uh, news coming out of Las Vegas. Defenseman Nate Schmidt missing 20 games for PED violation. Who in the NHL gets nailed for PED? No. Don't, don't one. Yeah, I mean, but did you read the article? Yeah. That then, he was found with, like... A, Such a trace like amount. A, a dust particle of... Yeah. The, the scientist said it was the equivalent of a grain of salt in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And then everybody's like, well, the NHL has a zero-tolerance policy. Really? They, they, they should come up with something. It's, it's, something it, it's something like... You know what it really equates to? You're going for a drug test for a job, and you eat a poppy seed bagel for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Seinfeld episode. <laughs> Like, which actually they actually found out that that to be true. I'm not talking sports, yeah. but you eat a poppy seed bagel, you're more than likely going to fail a drug test. Yeah, because you'll have trace amounts of heroin in you. <laughs> the, be- black, because- the black tar lane. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, did he do steroids as soon as the season ended to get big? Like. <laughs> Or, and then now just stopped, and it's still in his system. Did he take like Sudafed yeah. as a banned substance? Because that's a banned substance in the Olympics. Sudafed. Sudafed. I mean, excessive amounts of Sudafed. I'm sure, but I'm sure if you're taking Sudafed because you you have a hay fever, like <laughs> it's. I hope that he somehow gets it overturned or at least uh, reduced. Uh, Twenty games for a grain of salt. It's yeah. Uh, but- yeah, it's it's, but then in the league is going to be like Mike Richards got thrown out of the league for X amount. Jared Stahl, you know, like they got thrown out for heroin and coke and thing. thing. Now the the next topic that we have is going off of that being thrown out idea. Um, word came out of uh, Long Island that um, general manager Lou Lamarillo is reinforcing his uh, jersey rule. 
uh, for those that don't know what that is, uh, when he was GM of the uh, Devils, you couldn't wear a number higher than the goalie. So that was 30 for Brodor. So everybody had whatever numbers that were in the, you know. I'm trying to think, do the Islanders have anybody that has like a... Hosang was told that he had to change his number. I Granted, it was what, like 66? It is 66. Yeah, so... People gave him shit because like Mario's the only one yeah. that should wear that. Um. So there was that. Um, I guess during the times that he was part of that whole Yankee Devil thing, he also included the whole no facial hair outside of the playoffs kind of. <laughs> and he shaves his head. A great Simpsons episode. Um, so he's doing that. Uh, personal appearance policies with the Islanders and social media—they're getting all cut. So he's taking stuff that he did in the '80s and '90s and early two- and 2000s and bringing them with him to to the Islanders. Now I can, now I can think of going to Toronto because they were kind of, I I like losing the term loosey goosey, but he brought a little bit more structure to Toronto. He didn't probably need to do the whole Jersey thing or he was probably squashed, but he he couldn't because so many numbers are like retired. So he brought the fact of, listen, I'm going to crack the whip and we're going to do structure. And it helped out Toronto. It did. Um, It helped the devils throughout the, the times when we won our cups. That's fine. But now you bring it to, to the island and i can see both sides of it the islanders have been bad for a long time and you can't if you keep doing things over and over again and you keep failing that you're simply stupid so you bring him in and he wants to implement his new jersey devils rules people are bitching and complaining about it saying he's old he's whatever um I've seen posts on Devil Social Media that, that you know, good riddance to Lou. I hated him. I, for, yeah, it, I, I don't. I don't. The facial hair thing never really bothered me. Um, but then again, I wasn't a player. Uh, the the number thing. He bent on those rules dep- uh, time to time, like Doug Gilmore wore his ninety three. Yager wore sixty eight. Right, like he bent on those rules. Depending on the player, McGillney, you weren't going to be McGillney's a McGillney's ninety nine, right? Yeah. Eighty nine. You weren't going to be a rookie that comes in and goes, "I want number, you know, seventy two. Like, it wasn't going to happen. But I, th- I think this is what the Islanders need with Garth Snow and Milbury as GMs. They were a rudderless ship. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they found their port and got into the playoffs, and sometimes they crashed on the rocks. And now you need somebody there that's going to be the captain of the ship. And he's trying to keep that ship in a straight direction. And it it starts from off the ice out. Now, do I think the Islanders are going to be any good? No. Not this year, no. No. But it's a start. You know, and Mm -hmm. and they're going to be a young team, especially with Barzell. He's going to learn how to, to be a professional on and off the ice. And you know what? And and let's be honest. They have a person in the general manager seat that's kind of perfect for that because he. he I think Lamarillo is leaning back on the whole. You know, you are not the number and name on the back of your jersey. You're what's on the front, right? So now it's the Gordon's fisherman. That's who you are. You are not, you know, Hosang. You're not Barzell. Right. You're you're an Islander. You represent the team, not yourself, not not your individuality kind of thing. So like, I get all that. It's still a joke that they're going to be playing in two different home arenas. Yeah, yeah. That's I, a joke. That, like, you asked me, 
you you sent me the text with the Islanders jerseys, mm-hmm. and you're like, do you think that their jerseys and stuff would hurt them getting free agents, or that this will help? You know, the Lamarillo mm-hmm. effect will help hurt them. No, just being on Long Island's going to hurt them because they're playing in two different arenas, and it's not like the arenas are next to each other. They're miles. You know, they're mm-hmm. a solid car drive away from each other. Um, and what are we now? We're in September, so we're almost what a couple of weeks away from this. Some camps opening up. There has still not a shovel been put in the ground in either in, in either Flushing in Belmont, next to the the Mausole- I mean Coliseum. Nothing. Yeah. So you're still at least at least three years away from having a new arena. Three. So that's that's it. Hurry least- up, New York! You're competing with Ottawa to get to <laughs> Quebec. <laughs> So you have at least one more year in Brooklyn. Ugh. Yeah. What do you? So what are they going to do after after Brooklyn says get out? And they're going to be like, okay. So if they sell out every game, where in Brooklyn or you know, in the Coliseum? At the Coliseum, and they don't sell out at all, would you say that the Islanders have sold half of their? You know, like yeah, like their season tickets. So what if I want to be a season ticket holder, but I only want to go to the Mausoleum games? Can you can you imagine you get a phone call from from an Islander sales rep? Hey Dave, um, we'd like to sell you a half season plan, and you go, well, which half season is it? Is it in Brooklyn or is it in Long Island? Because yeah. <laughs> I only want to go to Long Island. Can you imagine me? All those people who went to Brooklyn are now like they have to look at their ticket, going, all, where do, where do 15 I? Fifteen of them. Yes. Where do I have to go today? Do I go where the car is in, in the corner, or do, do I? When? Do I go the, to the obstructed view, or do I go to the the other place that has obstructed? And they, and they look at the ticket, and go, well, damn, it's just a Ticketmaster ticket. Doesn't see where it is. It's a home game, but I don't know where home is. Yeah. <laughs> I I joked about it. I said I can't wait till a player drives to the wrong arena <laughs> for a game one day. Now now, do they have to stop and wait for the player to get? <laughs> if if Barzell doesn't goes to Long Island and not Brooklyn, do they have to say, well, timeout? He's got to you know, no, you got to wait. He'll be scratched, or he'll be a late arrival. So they got to play short of the like when a backup goalie gets hurt and they bring in somebody else. <laughs> they have to bring in the accountant from uh, the third Chicago. tier. <laughs> Another news: El- Eberly, Jordan Eberly said that he will not talk about a contract extension during the season with the Islanders. Now, if there's a guy that might consider New Jersey, yeah, it, it you you and it's not and really I try to separate the two these days just doing this podcast. But you look at that and you go, well, shit, Hall's here. Hall's excelling here. Um, Hall's got a friend across the state. It's adding up that but it hurts. It would hurt us in the long run because he's going to want too much. No, because where does he play? On the ice. Huh. <laughs> where Where does he play? Not, not in Binghamton. <laughs> no, but I meant like, does in he play on Hall's line? Does he play on Zajac or Zaka's line? And then you go, where does Jasper Brett fit? Where does Palmieri fit. See, with I think with Hines as a coach, where does Mojo fit? The fluidity of his lines that I I hate. I honestly I want to set four lines every game, right, the same way. And if if you're completely sucking, sure, change them up, go back to it the next game. Um, if you're doing great, you keep the lines the whole game. You, you know what I mean? Like set your lineup so that these are lines one through four, defensive pairs it's one through three. That. I know with injuries and all that kind of no, stuff. No, it's just hard to do that in the the speed of the game because we've seen players like Zaka who 
one day or um, one shift is the most dominant player out there. And then the next shift is invisible. Now you have to sit him. And now you have to change up your lines that way. It's tough. Being in that fantasy land of, of of hockey, of just wanting the team to do well, so you know, yeah. so so when like April, you the, know, when the upper deck coaches yelling shoot or not, come on, I'm not, I'm not that bad. <laughs> I yell at the assholes who do that. Yeah, pardon my French, but <laughs> pardon my French, the guy that orders nachos every day that sits next to us. <laughs> who comes with this? I don't know, ninety year old. And if dude, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but. Your your father, grandfather. Tell get, your father to get up. Get up, dude. Yeah, I'm going to trip over him. There's people with kids going. <laughs> Not playing fucking hopscotch over your legs. And you're in seat number one. You have glass next to you. You have, you, you know, come on. You have a handrail next to you. <sighs> okay. Sorry for venting. <clears throat> Moving on to the NHL Mount Rushmore. Um, I still say last week's was pretty good. We had a good debate on that. Just because it was local teams and we're more we're more localized than anything, um, I did put out there on Twitter that what I'd like to have happen with this podcast is that fans across all teams in this in this league listen to our podcast, be our eyes and ears for that team, send this little you know quibs or whatever about about the teams. It's going to help us out, and hey, you'll get notoriety too. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll give you a shout out. Sure, why not? We'll use your stuff and abuse it. Um, this week's Mountain Rushmore uh, ends up being the Ottawa Senators, Philadelphia Flyers, boo, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, boo, and the San Jose Sharks. Wheels on your house go. <laughs> <laughs> we should do, we should do a thing on stupid chance. Uh, for Ottawa, yes. I mean, the first one's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Daniel Alfredson is he getting his jersey retired this year too? I think so. Yeah. To the 4,000 people that might actually go to that game. They're going to get a pin, Daniel Alfredson, and at the bottom, the 4,000 people club. Yeah, he's. I think he leads them in every offensive category, games played across the board. Um, this one might be a little controversial, but Alexander Yashin, he, when he wanted to play, he was good. I'm, I'm sorry, what nationality was he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You give me money, I play. <laughs> Um, he was good. It's, like rinse and re- it's rinse and repeat with the Russian players. Man. Yeah, but with Yashin, you also have to kind of put him on there because when Ottawa was good, when they had Chara and they were going to the finals with against us in, what, 2000? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yashin wasn't on that team, but Yashin was part of the trade that brought those guys. Huh? So he's pretty important. I like Marty Havlet. What? What for Ottawa? Are he, you talking about the Marty Havlat who wore a New Jersey Devils oh, yeah. jersey? Yeah, after Parisi, <laughs> he was one of the uh, band aids. He was one of the nines. Yeah. Uh, Can you name but another he was nine? Good. Bobby Butler. Thank you, future captain. Uh, who else wore nine? Somebody else did wear nine after him. I know. Keep going. Keep going with your list. It'll come to you. Believe me. <laughs> we we only said it so many times during games. Um. Marty Havlett, after Alfredson, is one of their highest-scoring players. Mm-hmm. So he was good. And then I have Chris Neal, because I can't really picture Ottawa without Chris Neal. Oh, Chris Neal. And to throw a little stats out there, he finished his career with 2,522 penalty minutes. Mm. The next person has 756. I'm not good at math. <laughs> That's a lot. 
And then my honorable mention is Alexander Dague going down as one of the worst first-round draft picks ever. You're not going to think of um, um, our, our two guys in the first rounds or the uh, the Swedish connection guys? Who? Tenenby? Yeah. Josephson? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Josephson was all right. Ten- <laughs> Tenenby was in... Is, is on that level? I think so. Yeah, but Alexander Day came in with all this, like, f- fucking flair and pop and, in, uh-huh. in the 90s. And, like, and he left the same way And he quickly. just disappeared. <laughs> he went from Ottawa. I think he played for Pittsburgh for a while. I know he went to the Rangers for a while. And then he just, like, disappeared. But Alexander Dig. Okay. Somewhere Sarah McLaughlin's. <laughs> Especially as an honorable mention. Uh, the filthy, filthy, filthy devil, filthy devil, the damn flyers. Uh, Bobby Clark. Very true. Okay, I agree a with that. Picture of him smiling with no teeth in his mouth <laughs> holding the Stanley Cup. He was the headpiece to their. Broad Street. Yeah, they're 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 Broad Street bullies. I have to put Lindros on there. Lindros was a, over a point a game for them. He won an MVP. He won a scoring title. He took them to the finals. I mean, say what you will about his head and his concussions and his arguments with front office. He was a dominant player that changed the game. When he was drafted in ninety, what did they get? What did they get from him when they tossed him away? When they got rid of him for the Flyers, yeah, I think they just didn't sign him. He just left on his own for yeah. for and Toronto. No, he. I don't even think did he go to Toronto first or did he go to Dallas first? I remember. I think he just let they let him. They go. let him go. Mm. Um, Ron Hextall. Yes, did that, did, the um, Hextall sucks chant. Him being the most vicious goalie, he also is the all-time, I believe he is the all-time leading goal scorer for goalies. Really? Yeah. I think he's got like three or four goals. And then the other one was Pelly Lindbergh. He was the goalie uh, for those Broad Street bullies. He was an awesome goalie. Uh, the Flyers have not had as good a goalie since. Uh, he died tragically believe in a car accident in sweden like in his prime mm-hmm. so no uh no no shout out for bernie perrant yeah he could he was on my honorable mention list i mean i think he he's up there for all-time wins as well mm-hmm. um playing in those old school pads and shit <laughs> um, yep then on to the penguins this one was a little bit easier well, yeah, and, and considering, I, I think we put the teams down, and I just—I literally, I just wrote the first four. <laughs> I wrote down Yager, uh, Mario Lemieux, Mark Andre Fleury, and Sidney Crosby, like yeah. instantly. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury is the only one I would kind of say no. Okay. Um, I would probably put either Tom Barrasso, who was the goalie for their cup runs, or Malkin over Mark Andre Fleury. Okay. Because, I mean, yeah, he won three cups, but two of them he was the backup goalie. I think I, it's I, like putting Terreri on our cup-winning team, Mount Rushmore. 
Last but not least, the San Jose Sharks. Now, I'm going to bet that you have no idea who the third name is on this list. No. It looks like the regular John Doe name. All right. So I have Patrick Marlowe. He was played most of his career until he decided to sign for the big money. Um, he is up there for all-time games and points for Shark players. Uh, Sandus Ozelinch. You might remember him when he was on the Rangers as being a orange cone. He was awful. But when he was younger in his career, Sandus Ozelinch was the face of the Sharks before Marlowe got there and before Joe Thornton got there mm-hmm. and all those young guys. Joe Thornton's on your list here, too. Yeah, Joe Thornton's on there just because of his beard. You could probably put Brett Burns. Yeah, I was going to put Burns on there, too, for side-by-side. Uh... Um, but again, those guys really haven't won anything. What? In the hell. If Burns ever got traded to the Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because he's 0 for 2 on that one. He wears, what, 88, right? Yep. And 2, he's got a beard that's like, oh, uh, he's got a ZZ Top beard, man. Yeah. What in the hell would he do? I think he would have Trim his no-trade clause. I think every team <laughs> that no. hands out a no-trade clause, their players are going to say the Islanders. Okay. I, I put right. that on my list. I'm from this, from this point forward. Um, and my fourth one for the Sharks, and I did have another guy as an honorable mention. I put Jamie Baker. Now, if you're not a hockey historian, you're going to go, who the hell is Jamie Baker? Exactly. Jamie Baker is one of those casts off from when they first became an expansion team. Okay? And the Sharks were bad. Mm-hmm. They had great jerseys, but they were bad. Jamie Baker is the one guy that kind of stayed and stayed, and then they got good. Okay. And Jamie Baker scored probably the biggest goal in Shark history. He scored the goal that knocked the Detroit Red Wings, who were the favorite to win the cup. They were the first seed. And Jamie Baker is the guy who scored the goal and knocked them out of the playoffs. So you would get at least an honorable mention on on these Mount Rushmore's for something like that, yes? My honorable mention is Arthur Zerbe because he was the ugliest-looking goalie. Wow, how could you tell? They wore a mask. His mask was ugly. (laughs) His masks were ugly. His pads were ugly. His equipment was horrible. Like, he, they had one of the nicest jerseys, and you had one of the ugliest-looking players <laughs> wearing it. Like, he had no style going on. But I will tell you a story. I saw the San Jose Sharks practice when I was in high school, and I saw Arthur's Herbe on the red line taking slap shots. With his goalie stick. Wow. And just dinging them off the crossbar. Like, bing, 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 bing. Like, one right after another. Holy accuracy. And I, ju- I just sat there and going, like, I can't do that with a regular player stick. And this guy is... I couldn't even freaking hit the net when I got uh, asked for Squirrel. Okay? Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, it's an intermission game. Uh, the Devils... I, I signed up for it. The Devils got to me. I went down on the ice during one of the intermissions. You have a... You have three chances, two chances, and one chance, one from the blue line, or one from a certain area, a blue line. No, blue line, center, and the other blue line. 
I was 0 for 3, and I quickly walked off the ice. At least you didn't fall down like Andrew, right, Tracy? <laughs> I don't know. Do they still listen? Uh, hmm, I don't know. We'll get a text. Uh, yeah, of course. <clears throat> so there you go. There's your NHL Mount Rushmore. Uh, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty on the teams, aren't we? Yeah, I can't wait to get to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> honorable mention, honorable mention, honorable mention, honorable mention. <laughs> Based on your one season. <laughs> You know who you know who we're gonna put on there? Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, and Cameron, the T-shirt guy. Oh yeah, huh? fucking traitor. <laughs> if, if if you're a fan of the U.S. Open and you've watched it recently, uh, Jay actually texted me. He goes, "Dude, I'm watching the U.S. Open. You'll never guess who I saw." And I ruined his joke. I go, "Let me guess, Cameron throwing T-shirts." He's like, "Yeah, how'd you know?" I go, "Because I saw him there once before. He also went to the Vegas Knights and did that T-shirt, dude. He was paid what three thousand a game to toss T-shirts, sweaty T-shirts, to us in the stands." Uh, Picked the wrong career. I know. Down three thousand a game, unless that's a lie. I don't know, but yeah. But even still, if the, you pay for my expenses to go to these places, and I'll throw out fucking t-shirts. <laughs> Would you change your name to Cameron Aircraft? <laughs> Devil Dave. And then it would be Daring Dave. <laughs> what would you do if you went to Diamond San Jose? Dave. <laughs> and every time you rose up out of your seat, <laughs> yeah. it'd be a Van Halen right song. In, right into the diamond cutter. <laughs> it's time for Diamond Dave's t-shirts. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm available, by the way. You oh, yeah. On my Twitter. Oh, man. All right, so we have one more story left on our uh, hockey stuff, and um, you brought up a good, a good conversational topic here of holiday tournaments. Yeah, I've always thought that the NHL, yes, we have rivalries, but there's unless you play a team, and we had that rivalry conversation. I believe it was the last show. Uh huh. Um, you can build on that. You just don't need to have a playoff or location. It could be built on something else and i thought about college football how college football they have those rivalry games where i think it's like bc and notre dame play for like yeah like jeweled shillelagh okay and 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 different things and i said why can't hockey do that the nhl it won't take much all it'll take is scheduling games around the holiday time either before or after christmas sure or during christmas okay and what you do is you set up the local teams for each or the closest proximity of teams mm-hmm. for each um, area. And you have them run a mini little three game tournament, meaning team A plays team B, team A plays team C, team B plays team C. And that's it. Okay. Sure. And whoever gets the most points wins the and I'm using tournament, okay? And if there's a tie, it goes down to goals scored or sure. goals against or whatever, okay? So I, I, I love what you've done with, with the... Um... What, the first one? No, your, 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 your trophies and then the trophy names. Like oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the sponsorships is funny. Well, that's what you do. You add sponsorships yes. to it, okay? <laughs> local sponsorships. I tried to find as many local, you know, teams and local sponsorships that would be able to put their name on a trophy or put their name on the tournament so that they could make money off of it. Even if they're not normally a hockey sure. sponsorship, mm-hmm. look how much some, some places might not want to be 
a sponsorship all year for one team. But you can get the exposure by being the sponsor for this three-game tournament. Sure. Okay. So I broke it down because I have way too much free time. Break it down. All right. Every group has three teams except for one because Vegas fucks everything up. (laughs) Okay. So you just want them to be money hogs. Right. So what I have it broken down is I have Toronto, Ottawa, Detroit. Those three teams are relatively close to each other. Sure. Now, if you're doing this around the holiday time, none of these teams or their players want to be away from their family at this time. Of course not. So you're talking about hour flight, two hour flight at best where they're able to play each other, get on the plane, go home and be back with their family. Vice versa. Okay. This I would name it the Heritage Trophy because Detroit, Ottawa, Toronto, granted not this version of Ottawa, <laughs> but a version of, yes. It's the oldest. Now, other there's there's room for leeway here, okay? And you have Tim Hortons. Duh. Sponsor. Who else wouldn't you sponsor a Canadian themed holiday tournament? Okay. And you just say this is the Tim Horton Heritage Classic. Classic. You know, it's these three teams and you actually make a trophy make it funny looking make it be a fucking coffee cup or or whatever give it a like they notre dame and bc play for the jeweled shillelagh right i think it's ohio and michigan play for like the jug yeah right so yeah make it and then make it bragging rights so let's say detroit wins you know what detroit's going to be horrible ottawa's going to be horrible this year but detroit has a a big gold tim hortons trophy cup to sit in in their arena when you walk in every year it's bragging rights and then they bring it back you you are essentially bringing in every college like you said college mini bowl game they have every local high school if like for for the town here there's what at least four or five high schools in this area but there are two big ones so when the two of them play it's the whole big Town tournament kind of thing. So it's the same thing here, and it absolutely works for all these teams that you put in there. So then I have Buffalo, Boston, Montreal. Which are all relatively close again. And they all played in the Adams, Adams division. division. Yep. So I made it the Adams trophy. The Dunkin' Donuts Adams um, Classic hum- or class tournament or mm-hmm. whatever. Okay, Dunkin' Donuts is a New England company, but it's pretty much everywhere. So, But they'd, they'd, there'd be no doubt that they would want to do a local sponsorship for something like this. Yeah. But you know what? Every town could mm-hmm. do be part of it. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, whoever makes the trophy gets their fucking name on it. I don't care. Sure. You know, like then you have the Devils, the Islanders, and the Rangers, and I have it as the Patrick Trophy <laughs> for the Patrick Division. Yes, and and it and it and it has to be a gold, like a gold jersey of like the Patrick Division, like the All Star jersey that they had with Patrick down the side of it. I'll, or, I'll, I'd go for that. The other thing I thought of is you make it the 9/11 Trophy. Okay. Yeah. And then. I have the sponsors, the Port Authority, because God knows they have enough money to rebuild every fucking road in this area and charge $15 to drive over a bridge. It's true. They have enough for a trophy. Right. So There's you, a couple of trophy places which on your way here, so yeah. <laughs> just pick one up. So you have those three teams play. It's a bus ride for all three of them. Uh-huh. They never have to leave the time zone or area. Then you have Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington. How... The Dis- Amtrak Cup. The Amtrak. Because <laughs> the Amtrak runs through all three of them. Yep. And you could literally take a train to all of those places. 
I, I, yeah, go for it. How, how great, think about the marketing. You have them take a train from Philly to Washington, and you see the players getting on getting the train. Getting on and off and, the train, yeah. Okay. Um, then I have Carolina. T- and to go back to the Amtrak Cup or the PNC, because that's another cup that I have it as. Philly and Pittsburgh hate each other. Pittsburgh and Washington, Washington hate each other. other. Washington and Philly will hate each other. It'll create must-see TV. There you go. Then I have Carolina, Tampa, and Florida. It could be called the Who Gives a Shit Cup. <laughs> no, I like the other one. But I have the, the Farmers the Cup. The Farmers Cup. <laughs> because Farmers Insurance is the biggest company in all three of those states. Mm-hmm. Then I have Columbus, Nashville, St. Louis. This would be the Drunk Cup. Yeah, the Drunk Cup, because Budweiser is the biggest company in all three of those states. Yeah, very true. So make it the Budweiser Cup. And every year you just rotate who has the home games. So Nashville would you would you would you, would you have to drink out of the Budweiser Cup? Well, I wouldn't drink out of it if I was there. It's not the Stanley Cup, but again, it's for bragging rights. T-shirts, <clears throat> me, mm-hmm. uh, memorabilia. It's a money-making scheme. Absolutely. You 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 have right here a, a bit on our podcast. It's like a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. <laughs> and I will get zero credit. <laughs> Well, if the NHL continues to listen, and later on if the WWE continues to listen to our podcast and listen to our things here, come on. Then I have Chicago, Minnesota, Winnipeg. It's not as exciting as if we had Chicago and Detroit and Toronto playing together, mm-hmm. but it, they're, these three are kind of the closest three together. Um, and, I, and I do like how on this list you're bringing back the... The old 80, 80s, 90s, old school conference, conference stocks. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The Norris Cup, because those that those three teams, even before Winnipeg moved, was the Norris division. Um, Bright Health, which is, a, I'm assuming, like a hospital kind of company. Uh-huh. Um, those are the biggest, except for Canada, those are the biggest companies in Chicago and Minnesota. And then this is the one that has all, four teams, Colorado, Vegas, Arizona, Dallas, and I have it as the Southwest Airlines <laughs> because Southwest Airlines flies to all those places. There you go. And then L.A., Anaheim, San Jose. I have the Smythe Cup. That's because good. Because those were the teams in the Smythe division. Well, not really at Anaheim. Sponsored by Apple and Intel. Intel, yeah. Either or, because those are the biggest companies in California. Mm-hmm. Or the Google, si- the, the Google si- Cup. The Silicon Valley Cup, yeah. Yep. Um, and then the last one I have is Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. The Gretzky Cup. Yeah. That would uh, yeah. be good for Edmonton. Have some bragging rights. Yeah, but if, imagine if they never win. <laughs> <laughs> How hard is it to have Gretzky go up and just hand out? Of course. The of course. There you yeah. go. So that's my idea. I think I, it's a million dollar, billion dollar idea. And I just know, want a percentage. Yeah, and, and it, this is time stamped. It was done on September 6, 2018. Guess what? If it, if, it, if it happens after this, guess what? Contact us on Twitter, HSSK Podcast. Again, contact with us on our website, hsskpod.com. We want in. We are all in on this idea. Put up them. So we go from all in in hockey to all in professional wrestling. Wrestling. Uh, news came out this week that Goldberg hates the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony and wants it changed. What does he want? Not for it to be freaking four hours long. I agree. Well, now he's a Hall of Famer, so he doesn't want to sit through it. Exactly. 
Um, I look. Here's an idea. Why don't they actually build a physical? Put it in Stanford, Connecticut. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> every every, every major. Yeah. Hello. Boat, boatload of money. Boatload. Put a put like a ring like the NHL Hall of Fame where you can like pretend to be in you know Montreal's locker mm-hmm. room and they've got the interactive things where you can do play by plays. It's all it's easy for them. I agree. The 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 Hall of Fame thing, every year I, it's, it's it's nice it's, to see the headliners. Yes. But I don't want to sit through the bushwhackers. No. Give give them a quick like hey bushwhackers tag team. Have them my whole thing is that yes, you you made your name as this entertaining wrestler, tag team, what have you, stable. Look, they're they're John and 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 Bill Doe when when they're outside of the ring. They made their money and you know what? Let them be themselves. And you know what? At the end of their thing, like the Bushwhackers, oh yeah, and that's it. They walk off the stage. Let them be like normal. What was it? Um, Stan Hansen, I think, got um, elected into the Hall of Fame. For the WWE, and they had Vader do a, do the uh, speech, and he came out with like googly eyes because he popped his eye out or something like that. And I'm sitting there going, now, in my opinion, watching this, now you just ruined Vader from being in in, in the Hall of Fame because now every t- when he gets inducted, and because he died recently, put him in. By the way, three weeks. That's right. Um, you're gonna put him up there or put his family up there, and all you're gonna think about is, oh, he had googly eyes. Like you're gonna totally get rid of what, what kind of his his whole image. wrestling career. He was great out in Japan. He was great in WCW. He did his thing in WWE, WWF. I, I just, you're going to put 15 people every year in, into the Hall of Fame, right? And you're going to throw guys out there who are like, you know, back in like 1920 and he wrestled. And it's like, no. just put just put up like a, a video montage for, for, for all the old stuff. Concentrate on like the, the, the 70s forward. Well, there aren't much from the 80s left. Hogan's in, right? Savages in. I think pretty much everybody from WrestleMania one or three. Brutus Beefcake's not in. Honky Tonk Man's not in. No. Mr. Perfect's not in. Ravishing Rick Rude's not in. All the guys that burned Vince. Wow, yeah. Damn. And it took a while for Macho Man to get in. Yep. It took a while. Is Elizabeth in? Yeah, she's got to be in. She's in the ground, but <laughs> next to <laughs> next to Savage. Man, Savage. Wasn't, that, wasn't that a shitty way for Savage to die? Freaking yeah. had a heart attack on the road and slammed into a pole. Hey, it was over quick for him. Rather than be like Lex Luger just laying there dying, slow going from that 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 steroid abuser to to a, a waif of a man. Don't do drugs, kids. I, just, Nate Schmidt, don't do drugs. Did, do you remember when the Warrior came back and they inducted him? And they inducted him, the right? Next day. He came into Raw, and I do. Do you, do you remember watching it at all? Oh, he was purple, like he was walking to the ring, profusely sweating, and I'm like, is, is he having a heart attack? Twenty four hours later, done. Died heart attack. Out of the hotel. <laughs> uh, in the in a annual release, WWE releases their 2K19 roster. Um, I think the, the the video game aspect has has grown leaps and bounds in, I'll call it ten years, and that's probably a lot. The best wrestling game still was for a Nintendo sixty four. It was the best game. I still like the video arcade game of um, was it the the, the Wrestle Fest or whatever it was, 
where it had um, like Hogan, Big Boss Man, Warrior, the Road Warriors. Did you remember that yep. at all? Yeah. Yep. And just I, that was the best. I, I would have spent hours playing that thing. Like Console wise? Quarters. Huh? Quarters. 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 Yes, fo- yes kids. Quarters. <clears throat> Not dollar bills and credit cards. Um, I don't know if if you if you were to pick one today, who, who, would you pick somebody to to do, or would you create your own and have to have to work your way up into the main event? I always status? create my own, really, and I create like the most obscene character, <laughs> like a white supremacist. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because you can. Because it's a video game, and it sounds like something Vince would do. I mean, it's not like he there's would. always secret code in every video wrestling game, and stuff where you can plug in stuff and oh look, you could be Ronda Rousey. Oh, well, now it's if you pre-order the game, you get all those people. But they also make it because I, I play that. I played the game. They also make it where if you create somebody, you can put it on their cloud, mm-hmm. and other people, people can, can download, download your it. character. So like, if you don't unlock everything, people make it. Like in yeah, in two K eighteen, like people were making. You, you could think of a person in pop culture. You made it, and you they downloaded it. They made it. There was uh, Deadpool. Somebody made Kim Kardashian. And then you have people who make, like, all the TNA wrestlers. There's, like, right. Ethan Carter. and mm-hmm. So it's a good game. I think they make it. It's It takes too long to load up between everything. Be- between matches. And the other thing, too, is that if, it's repetitive. If, if you, yeah, if you've, if you've watched like Raw and SmackDown from... For the past like calendar year, it's you're now playing what you've seen in the past. Some of the storylines in the video game are better than the actual storylines that they put online. If, oh, if, speaking of which, did you watch Raw? Not really. Not, oh, not much. You, you missed something big. Oh, the poll that you put out about uh, HBK and the Undertaker. Yeah, I did, I watched it online because I, I saw you put the poll out there. I'm like, oh, wait, something happened. So I watched it and I listened to it, and I'm sitting here going. It, it goes back onto the the conversation we had last week about the old school, new school kind of kind of thing. And then, okay, and I sit here and I go. The Undertaker is the the Undertaker is a better part time wrestler than Brock Lesnar is. The Undertaker's still doing it. Triple H uh, he he does it to to, to get that that pop. HBK's been done for how long? Since 2010, right? They said 2010 was the last time. And he I, still looks good. He does. Like my wife, who never watches wrestling, she goes, is that Shawn Michaels? And I said, yeah. She goes, he hasn't changed, goes, really. He looks good. He's, I was like, he's 53 years old. And she goes, he looks good. Like He's not as muscular, obviously. but He's, he's lean. Yeah. And, and not in a gay way either. <laughs> but um, I sit there and I go. I, and I look at the current roster and kind of taking the, 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 the conversation we had last week out of it going, in, unless they're going to do this in some kind of foreign country and not use up Raw, SmackDown, a, a, a domestic pay-per-view up for this kind of thing, why? why? Why are you taking away from a Kevin Owens? Why are you taking away from a longer match between like an AJ, a Samoa Joe, and a Sensei, uh, Nakamura? I, I think that... They were trying to test to see if the crowd would go nuts for Shawn Michaels. Of course. And then you do the, the, you know, 
a run the undertaker no you do the undertaker with the you know you just gave up kind of yeah that that's, and it that, now all of a sudden maybe it was scripted i'm assuming it was somewhat scripted but maybe it, it plants it, that seed that yeah. seed in Shawn michaels head to come back or maybe it lights that fire in him to have one more match personally i don't want to see an undertaker Shawn Michaels match. I don't either. They're not like Shawn Michaels was not. It doesn't look like somebody that could carry somebody. It look he was more not, of a wrestler. Not that guy. He, he wouldn't he, be able to carry him. He and to be honest, he really didn't carry Flair either. Like it was, it was just something weird about it. Not and I'm not, not because I wouldn't like to see him wrestle again though. But I don't want to see him do a one off. I'd like to see him come back. Him and the Miz, maybe him and like a Dolph Ziggler kind of thing, like him and AJ, him yeah. and Owens, just to have those two talk trash on each other. It's it's almost like the whole the Jericho scenario where you want him to go against similar athletes, not go like, oh, let's put HBK versus Hulk Hogan one more. Like, yeah, mm, it's. <clears throat> but I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Shawn Michaels came back. On the other side. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. I thought he was going to come out and say, like, I'm going to be the guest referee. I, you know what? And if that happened, if there was any opportunity that I would create another email account just to get another free 30-day subscription on it, I wouldn't. If I heard that, if he was going to be a special guest referee in this, no, I'm not going to watch it. I, 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 don't, I don't want that kind of, kind of crap. So we'll stay on the wrestling thing, too. And if you're on the wrestling Twitter... Um, you know that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks put together a, um, I don't know if this was a charity thing or if this is just a, um, a, a, a an thing. An in-your-house? Yeah, like an mm-hmm. in-your-house kind of thing. But they put in, like we've, like we're naming our, our show this week, an all-in wrestling thing. Uh, they they went and attacked the idea of producing their own 10,000-seat professional wrestling show uh, with gusto and a do-it-yourself attitude. Uh, wrestling Incorporated President Raj Giri recently spoke to uh, to folks about it. Um, you know, bringing in folks from all over the place uh, to to uh, to wrestle. Uh, ROH was in there. Um, Cody Rhodes actually won the NWA World Heavyweight Title off of Nick Aldis. Now, if you don't know who Nick Aldis is. Outside of being a husband to uh, Mickey James, um, he was. Who was he? He was. In, he was in TNA. I, oh God, I totally forget what he what his name was. I think it was like Magnus, something like that, in okay. TNA. You know, big muscle guy. Somebody that would would really work. I, I guess. I mean, he's in his forties. So Vince guy. Yes, it would be a Vince guy. He's in his forties. He's muscular. He's old. So there you go. He's a main eventer. Put a strap on him. Um, I just. I like the fact that Cody Rhodes went all in, so to speak, on getting a wrestling event like this. Like it, it, it pays. I think for for like the the wrestling fans out there to go. I'm tired of the WWE thing. I get Impact Wrestling, but it's not there yet. Um, ROH isn't as popular or whatever. But I'll watch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They made offers to other people. They made offers to Punk and yeah. It, it's good to have an alternative, yes, but it's not going to take off. No, but if if I if I had my choice of yes or no, I would say yes to having another, um, another wrestling organization to at least threaten on some level, just so they're, th- they're way too big. 
It's like coming up with another search engine to go against Google right now. You don't use Bing? No. Or Ask Jeeves. <laughs> ask Jeeves. About.com. So there you go. And the last uh, topic I think we have here on our list this week, um, and it's, it, it's a, I guess, a favorite. Your best jobbers in professional wrestling of all time. Now, remember, we are in, we're in the, the, maybe the late 70s, but definitely in the 80s to today. Um, I personally didn't put on like a Kurt Hawkins or, or any of those kind of folks or Zach Ryder's because I don't. I got kids to feed. See, even that, I wouldn't put him as a jobber because you know what? Now he's he has a, a fucking, gimmick. He's a fucking jobber. He, but he's got Bo a. Bo Dallas was a jobber. Yeah, but he's got he's got a belt now. They put they put belts on him. Yeah, but some of these guys had belts too. Well, yeah, not it was your a, guys, it was my a, guys. Did. It was a joke to to do that. So the 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 list of jobbers I had uh, going back to at least the eighties, um, Iron Mike Sharp, yep. who was like the 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 precursor to to Sid Justice slash Vicious slash Sid. All he wore was 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 black tights and and. I don't know what language he spoke, but he didn't really speak English. But he sucked. Yep. He was the first match for a new guy. Yeah. Like, so, a, a to promote, like, The Rock, he would beat the hell out of Iron Mike Sharp. <laughs> yep. Do your next one last. Okay. Um, Barry Horowitz, the, 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 the ultimate Jew in wrestling. Yep. He, when I said before that he had a gimmick and all that kind of stuff, so that kind of got the guy out of it. His gimmick was so dumb. He always patted himself on the back. So what they do, they gave him a cape with a handprint yeah. on the back. So he they would gave him a jacket, like a, a starter, jacket. a shiny starter jacket with the hand, with a handprint on it on the back. <laughs> um, I would have put in the genius uh, on here, but considering he was Macho Man's brother, <laughs> and he just got really so serious about like inducting Macho Man, and I was like, no, I can't, I can't put that on there. Um, my favorite. Who, if they made an award for? The biggest job jobber would ever. be the be. would be the Brooklyn Brawler Award. Yeah, he went through so much. I think he's like a backstage. No, I don't think he's even with the he WWE. Got fired, yeah, they let him go. How could you let the Brooklyn Brawler go? Probably they for something stupid. That they were paying him to do nothing. To do nothing. Yeah. Well, they were paying him to do nothing when he was when he was in his ripped up Yankees. Uh, yeah, and then he still shows up. He still shows up every once in a while when they needs to. F- yeah, fill somebody mm-hmm. in for a rumble or something. Mm-hmm. Would you put um, um, the million dollar man's uh, sidekick in his Virgil? Yeah, Virgil's a jobber. Nah. He he sets up his own tables and his own Virgil thing. He's got his own macho man, uh, million dollar man belt, trying to get autographs and money under overpasses. The and belt is one of the best belts ever. But did it have a million dollars worth of diamonds in it? I highly doubt it. <laughs> So my list, I had Gilbert. Oh God! Just be, I have a more modern, like yeah. late nineties. Of course, yeah. It, ma- it matches our um, when we really watched the bulk of our what what wrestling generation really molded our fandom. Gilbert, who was the straight up mockery of Gil- of Goldberg, <laughs> and, <Yeah>. if, and, <laughs> and he kept choking and, on his on intro smoke. smoke. Yeah. I had Bull Buchanan. Bull? Who the hell was Bull Buchanan? Because Bull Buchanan wasn't just He him. was the shield before the shield. That's true, because <laughs> he, he always wore, this, wore that stupid... He wore this... He was like uh, If. 
the big boss man had a kid with Stone Cold. Like yeah. That, that bald head. And, and also looks big. he looks like the brother of um um uh oh god. Nathan Jones. No, feed me more. Oh Ryback. Yeah. yeah, he looks like Ryback's brother. Uh Bull Buchanan was also part of a group with the next guy, Stevie Richards, right to censor. How yes. did that not make our our stables? Well <laughs> you really want to talk it about was why? Bull Buchanan Stevie uh, Richards, Stevie Richards uh, Ivory. Ivory and Val Venus. And and wasn't wasn't Ivory also in CM Punk's thing too? I don't remember. Yeah. That's when I kind of stopped. Stopped watching. She was in there too. So uh, Then I have Meat, <laughs> otherwise known as Sean Stasiak. <laughs> so let's, 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 uh, that's another thing. Like Mr. Perfect had um, Curtis Axel, right? Meat, stand <laughs> St- Stasiak had a kid. Well underperformed from what his father did. Yeah. You know what he does now? What is this? How car insurance? He's a chiropractor. Oh, yes, I actually remember reading a story about that. Yeah, chiropractor. Good. But Lord. he had. He was part of PMS. <laughs> are we talking about bad best jobbers or worst gimmicks? We're we're talking about worst jobber gimmick stables. <laughs> Meat. Meat. Then I have. Uh, he, he wasn't a jobber. He was just a really crappy. He was a jobber. He he was the guy that always got literally thrown out of the ring. He'd lose to Sin Cara, any version of Sin Cara, at but any I moment. Like, I I re- and I'm sure my friends are at home laughing about this, but like I remember when the Rumble was in New York, mm-hmm. and Taka came running into the ring. He got picked up by somebody. And thrown over the top rope, landed face first, and his tooth <laughs> came flying out. And Jerry the King's like, it'd be 10 minutes later. He'd be like, can we just show that Taka clip again where he gets thrown <laughs> out and you see his tooth flying? And he kept doing it throughout the rumble. He's like, oh, man, he got eliminated. But he didn't get eliminated like Taka. Let's show that video again. <laughs> I always thought that Jerry Lawler had almost like carte blanche oh, be- behind, the, behind the mic just to... Except when he was having his heart attack. Wow. Um, my next one was Midian. Midian. Wow. You might remember him as, as a Godwin the, brother. The ministry. Yeah, he was a Godwin brother. And then he had a horrible gimmick when they had him running around in his underwear, like naked. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. He, like, I'm pale, but that guy made me look tan. If... <laughs> If if all right, would you do something similar if they were paying you six figures? <laughs> That's a tough question, right? Am I I'm, in better shape, or am I no, a I fat mess? Whatever. He he, he's paying you a hundred to two hundred grand, and he says, "Hey, Dave, Diamond Dave, we have a gimmick for you. You're gonna run around in your underwear and lose all the time." Yeah. Hey, it worked for him. You know what he does now? What? He's like a fucking master chef. Like he owns his own like catering business and like, good for him. Maybe hey, maybe that six figures opened up his business for him. You know what? It's it's what the Midian Cafe. Can you, yeah. can you imagine? The corporate Sp- ministry cafe S- spelt differently just because he's not going to have a gimmick infringement. You, you're a last one. Good lord. Good lord. Some people know them as Pete Gas. <laughs> I don't remember the other two names because they're not fucking important. <laughs> 
Pete Gass. Why was Pete Gass important to you? Pete Gass was important because there's a guy that I played college hockey with who works at a company in Connecticut who with works Pete Gass. Pete Gass. Let the Mean Street Posse. The Mean Street Posse. Let's let's. Um, hmm. They came out in their sweaters and their khakis, and they were like Shane's best friends. And every time they would come out and fight, they would get their asses kicked. Pete Gass, Rodney, and Willie Green, and Billy P. Oh, Billy P. Well, didn't one of these guys turn into somebody? I'm looking at their faces, and no, but I, I could have sworn, unless you said it the other week, that um, wasn't Dolph Ziggler part of it, no? No, Dolph Ziggler is part of the Spirit Squad. Spirit Squad. Add Spirit Squad to this list. Holy shit. But all those guys could wrestle, and they were good, and they won tag titles. Now, if we were talking about shitty stables, the Spirit Squad would be in there. Let's see if the Spirit Squad <clears throat> is on. Drew Super- McIntyre. Nope. Not on their page. <laughs> uh, maybe the WWE just scrubbed Spirit Squad off of uh... <laughs> Just Google who was in the Spirit Squad. I know Dolph Ziggler was in it, but he, he wasn't under the name Dolph. Let's see. They were all like Reggie and Nikki and Kenny, Johnny, Mitch, Kenny. Nikki, and Mikey. <clears throat> wow. Mikey became, I believe, uh, Dolph Ziggler. No, Nikki. Nikki. Nikki was formerly of the. Uh, <clears throat> became Dolph Ziggler. How do you go from a name of Nikki to Dolph Ziggler? Is it because he looked like uh, Dolph Lundgren when he first came out with? Or was his... it because he looked like Dolph, like Dirk Diggler? Dirk Diggler. Ah. Wow. Jobbers, man. Good lord. Would you ever want to be a jobber, or do you want to be a mid-carter, or do you want to be a uh, high-paid superstar? <laughs> I would want to be the European champion. Bring back the European <clears throat> championship. You know what? Then go talk to... Um, you know, All right, we're going to go a little off course here. You know how they should really form these titles, right? World title is going to be our big freaking muscular dudes, right? Your 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 U.S. title is going to be your your mid carters, like an AJ Styles kind of thing, right? You want to do an intercontinental? The only people that wrestle for the intercontinental championship are people who are not from the United States. No. So you you have you have your UK division, you have you know you have your Samoan people, you have all these kind of things. You could bring them all together. You want to do the European championship? Only people from the UK. So all that's going to be is um what's his name, um. Who's GM of uh, NXT? Uh, he squeezes his own orange juice. <laughs> he does? Yeah, what's his name? <laughs> He's a man's man. <laughs> He's a, talk about shitty gimmicks. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap. William Regal. William Regal. He he was something in WCW. He went to WWE and just, he became a character. Yep. That's it. Yep. Oh, my God. See, personally, I think mm-hmm. they should bring... The hardcore title and the European title back, and do it funny, like have. Be your what's his name? K Quick. <laughs> okay. Have him go Ron into. Killings. Have him go into, like K Quick. Holy uh, shit! Have him go into a, a like a WWE production truck, like looking for something. Right. And pull and the belt he, out of a he trash sees can. the European title, and goes. Huh. All right, and now he just starts wearing it to the ring, and then he tells like Lillian, like, "Hey, hey," and she's like, 
This will be for the European title. And bang, you brought it back. It's it's almost like how uh, Mankind kind of brought back that hardcore thing when they morphed in ECW. Yeah, it, I, it works, I guess. It gives some some gives something that can cause change in Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, it's true. Because you're not seeing the belt change. You're you're you're, un, you're underutil you're you're putting in your underutilized wrestlers in roles like that. Oh, to get them to get to, to bring up other more <clears throat> modern jobbers, mm-hmm. who's the new uh, ministry? The two guys, Connor and the tag team, where they all the gu- all the guys that look like uh, a really shitty knockoff for the Road oh, Warriors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Annihilation or or I don't know something with an A? I don't know. That's how good they are. We don't even know their fucking name, but they wrestled on Raw this week. Wow! I get, <laughs> way to go, tag team way division. To get your paycheck. Well. All right, we're done. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> the, the jobbers just, like, suck the life out of us. As well they should. As well they should. All right, folks. High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast. Go to hsskpod.com. You can get all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter. You can get all the places where you can download our podcasts on iTunes, on Spotify, Google Music Play. Um... Player FM is out there, Podbean, all that happy horse shit. Um, just as a, as, as a forewarning, we already have the next two shows worth of, of show prep basically done. Because of who? My man right here. Yeah, I have a lot of free time. <laughs> all right. Stay tuned for horrible wrestling gimmicks. Horrible wrestling gimmicks here on the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast with Rob and Dave. <laughs>